Leadership, FTI's Financial Services Podcast. FTI is a global advisory firm. We help organizations manage change, mitigate risk, and resolve disputes. I'm your host, Tilsia Toledo. I have over 25 years of experience in the financial services industry. This show is about the people I've met along the way and leading during uncertain times. You will hear from finance executives, law firm partners, dedicated government professionals, and many others. One of the great things about working at FTI Consulting is that I'm able to leverage my colleagues who are experts in a number of fields. From a financial services perspective, I've been closely tracking the developments in the Ukraine. Since there are a lot of moving parts, today's episode is going to be part of a series. Today's guest is Amber Ritali, Managing Director at FTI in the financial services practice. Prior to joining FTI, Amber worked at the U.S. Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Assets Control, OFAC for short, where she was an enforcement section chief. Amber specializes in OFAC and anti-money laundering matters. Amber, welcome to the show. Hello, Tilsia. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you and your audience, especially at this time. It's so important to talk about the tragedy that is happening in Ukraine and ensure that people in the financial services industry in particular understand the sanctions that the U.S. has imposed. You and I have worked on a sanctions independent review for a global systemically important bank. And before we dive into the recent developments uh, with the Ukraine, I wanted to take a step back. I have always viewed sanctions as a political and diplomatic tool. How do you view it? Tilsia, I agree. Sanctions are absolutely a foreign policy tool that the U.S. uses more actively than most other governments, in fact, to bring about desired results, whether to discourage or encourage certain behavior. It also sends a message about what we believe is important from a national and global security perspective. So, for example, we may unilaterally issue some sanctions because we think an aggressive behavior by a government or regime is destabilizing a country or region. In the case of the Ukraine-Russia sanctions, particularly those issued in the last couple of weeks, the U.S. government knew it was going to be very difficult to implement sanctions that would have real power without multilateral effort. So time has been spent in the background to coordinate sanctions against Russia with over 30 allied nations. And the nations that we have partnered with have issued restrictive measures that will prevent, for example, Russia's central bank from being able to deploy its international reserves in ways that would undermine U.S. and EU sanctions, for example. At this point, several levels of sanctions have been issued by the U.S. in the last 10 days. And over the weekend, we learned that the U.S. is blocking the Russian central bank from accessing its U.S. currency reserves. And the U.S. and other European nations are blocking Russian banks from the SWIFT payment systems. Can you share with our listeners uh, from your perspective, what does this mean? These sanctions will make it extremely difficult for the central bank to carry out its day-to-day business and support other Russian banks in engaging in U.S. dollar transactions. It will also make it difficult for the central bank to raise funds. So it's important for people to understand that the U.S. persons, by definition, who must comply with U.S. sanctions include not only entities in the U.S. or U.S. jurisdiction, but also 
the foreign branches of these entities. And it also includes individuals who are U.S. citizens or permanent resident aliens wherever located. So people who are working in a foreign branch of a U.S. bank, for example, should be aware of these sanctions and should also be taking actions to implement U.S. sanctions. These sanctions will immobilize all assets of the central bank held in the U.S. or by U.S. persons wherever located and prohibit U.S. persons from engaging in any transactions involving the central bank. And that includes the transfer of assets to the central bank or any foreign exchange transactions for or on behalf of the central bank. So once you understand how comprehensive this is, you can see how it will really impact the central bank's ability to carry out its activities. I know that there are also some exceptions to the sanctions that were rolled out. I'm curious about how quickly these sanctions can be implemented. Well, some of them are effective immediately. So financial institutions need to respond very quickly in order to make sure that they don't violate these new sanctions. Then there are other situations where the sanctions are subject to a general license. So the general license might authorize the winding down or continuing of certain types of activity. And in some cases, the sanctions do not go into effect until later in March, for example. But these general licenses are so specific that it's important for financial institutions to review them closely, work with their internal counsel or external counsel to make sure that they understand them, to review the frequently asked questions or FAQs posted on OFAC's website. And when I was in-house, I found it was really critical to consult with peer institutions and work collectively as part of industry organizations if possible. Because number one, you wanna make sure you're aligned with industry standards, but also go collectively to OFAC with any questions. And doing that, you can get responses more quickly. And as I mentioned, time is of the essence here to be able to comply with new sanctions. What are the immediate steps financial institutions should be taking at this point in time? Well, in addition to those things that I just mentioned, the first thing that needs to be done is to identify any property that needs to be blocked. You know, identify your exposure and evaluate that risk associated with your business. So when people or entities are blocked, you need to screen your databases, and that includes your customers, signatories to your customer accounts, beneficial owners of your customer accounts, any third parties or counterparties that you have dealings with directly or indirectly, if you have that information. Uh, And then the next step would be moving along to due diligence to identify those relationships that you might not have in your databases, but that you know are still part of your risk exposure. Also looking at customers' holdings, so any securities, if you work for an institution that custodies assets or has investments, holds investments for customers, et cetera, you have to be screening all of those properties to see if they are impacted. I mentioned sovereign debt being impacted. The Central Bank of Russia, for example, if there are bonds related to the Central Bank of Russia or other targets of the U.S. sanctions, you have to identify those holdings. So going through all of that and then making sure that your staff is notified about these changes and updating your policies and procedures accordingly, maybe even implementing some new internal controls. And I want to highlight certain parties that are so critical to train and 
make sure that they understand the sanctions changes and have red flags that are relevant to their jobs. So that would include anyone who is on the front line of your business, whether it's trading, investments, lending, et cetera, operations people who process funds transfers or other types of asset movements, and certainly those who are in frontline with your customers and accounts. So whether they're performing KYC or managing relationships with customers, they need to have some red flags and understanding of these new sanctions so that they can identify any issues and escalate them up the chain. Uh, Beyond that, I would say institutions move into the due diligence phase that I mentioned, uh, also looking for ways that they can monitor for and identify potential sanctions evasion. Last but not least, preventing cyber attack, because there are reports from the FBI and other intelligence agencies and even statements by known groups that are Russian state condoned or supported that they will wage ransomware or other cyber attacks on entities that or governments that are supporting sanctions against Russia for its invasion of Ukraine. So it's a very critical time to make sure that your institution is strong from a cybersecurity perspective and monitoring for potential threats and vulnerabilities. Thank you, Amber, for coming on the show today. I realize this is a situation that is quickly evolving, and we certainly appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email financeandleadership at fticonsulting.com.